This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 6. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Welcome y'all to episode six. Super excited about today's episode. I think I've started every intro with super excited about this episode, so just bear with me. I'll try to see if I can come up with something better. But what's exciting and special about today's episode is I'm talking with Megan Hemphill of Firebrand Collective, and today's her birthday, so this episode airs on her birthday, so send her a happy birthday message. She's on Instagram at Firebrand Collective, so make sure you say happy birthday and happy birthday, Megan. So this episode's really fun because Megan founded Firebrand Collective, and Firebrand Collective is a co-working spot just for women in Kansas City. And it's really cool because as someone who started a co-working location, she knows just how important it is to have community when you are a solopreneur or a blogger or just a freelancer, someone who just works at home. And, you know, as society is really changing so that a lot of us work from home now, I think it's really important that we don't forget just how much humans do love interacting with each other. And by creating this co-working space, I think she's done an amazing job of doing it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and let's dive in. All right, y'all. I am here today with my friend, Megan Hemphill. She is the founder of Firebrand Collective, which is a women's only co-working space in Kansas City. So thank you, Megan, for joining today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. Yay. We've been talking about this and it is finally here. I know. So, okay. You are the owner of the only female-only co-working space in Kansas City. Is that correct? Yeah, that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> How did that even come to be? So it's like with most things, it, it was a long road to get here. Do you want like the full story, like how I had the idea, or do you just want like, how did we get to this space? Let's start with how you got the idea. Okay. So this was back in 2011, which is right about the time that I feel like the seeds of co-working had finally started to sprout. Like I believe that WeWork opened their first space in 2011. Okay. Um, And I was a very new photographer and a mom with young kids. And so I spent a lot of time alone, um, <laughs> as one does. But I remember reading an article in, you know, I don't even remember which magazine, but it was, a, it was an industry magazine for photographers. And it was talking about this space that was owned by two women. And it was for female photographers to run like the business side of their business. And so it was a shared space. It was beautiful. They could meet clients there. And I remember just thinking that it was the most brilliant idea. Like, you know, just being able to go to this space on a regular basis and know that you had, you know, a a spot carved out for you. And so that's when I got the idea. Of course, it wasn't the right time. Uh, to start anything like that. So I sort of, I shelved it. Um, mm. But that's, that's where it all started. So it really came from that inspiration of saying, oh my gosh, I wish I had this in my life. Exactly. So yeah. why, did, why did you just kind of put it off to the side and not really tackle it right away? Did you struggle with thinking, could this actually work in Kansas City? Well, um, my husband is going to kill me for this. (laughs) I'm totally going to throw him under the bus. (laughs) Um, I never questioned that it would work. I always, I had faith that it would work, but my husband is definitely the, he's more of a measured risk taker. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm the one that's just like, this is a great idea. Let's do it right now. Um, <laughs> no research. Let's just do it. Right. <laughs> so he was very skeptical that it would work here. Um, he thought it was something that would only work on the coast. Right. Uh, so, you know, it just, it took a couple of years to convince him that it was going to work. And it actually took um, another friend who wanted to do the same thing, kind of joining me okay. in, yeah, in this idea um, before he was like, okay, well, let's do it. Let's go yeah. for it. So once you decided to just go for it, what happened there? Like, did it take years of research, finding the perfect location? Huh. But no. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I definitely do things by the seat of my pants yeah. um, and I do things very spontaneously and I really, I follow my gut instincts pretty much all of the time. Same. Yeah. So this, like this friend and I, her name is Kinsey Ferguson. She's actually a boudoir photographer. She and I had teamed up when we, when we originally started Firebrand, we were co-owners. So there were two of us. Okay. Um, and we sat down, um, I remember sitting down with our husbands around my dining room table and we were like, we're going to give ourselves a year. And then the next day we went and looked at a space. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> the year actually was like a week. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. And, and the space that we originally started out in was lovely. It was so, it was wonderful, but it wasn't in the end perfect. Mm -hmm. but had we not started when we did, we would have missed the opportunity to learn right. some really, some lessons that have really helped us or helped me, I guess, in the long run. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, especially in the entrepreneurship world, it's so important. Done is better than perfect because you can't start learning until you just rip off the bandaid and go right. for it. Yeah, There's and I mean, much you can learn by Googling what other people have done. And that's, I mean, there's so much truth to it. And especially in co-working, there is some like market research, but mm -hmm. there's not a lot. Right. Because I mean, how new would you say the industry? So you said we work probably 2011. I think it was 2011. So it's not an old industry. And there aren't, I think there's one organization that does a lot of research into it. It's okay. global co-working, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest pool of research that you're going to get. And they've only been doing it for a couple of years. Right. That's yeah, kind I mean, of crazy. It, yeah. It's so new that, that just, I think it was 2017 is when they actually started including co-working members in their questionnaires. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how new it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of trial and error involved in this. Right. So what are some of those lessons that you learned in the beginning stages that maybe you didn't even realize would be something that you had to go through or experience? Oh my goodness. Oh, there are so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing is that the little things, I mean, and I feel like this is important in any business, but it's the tiny details that you don't necessarily spend the time on mm -hmm. that make the biggest difference. Right. Um, you know, like little things like stocking the fridge with LaCroix for our members mm -hmm. or, you know, having coffee ready to go when they walk through the door. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's things like that, that make a space, not just a space, but kind of like a second home. Right. You'll feel really comfortable and like it's their space. Um, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's all those little tiny details that make the biggest difference. That's so true because I'm assuming that you would want people to feel so comfortable that it's just a no-brainer for them to go in that day instead exactly. of being like, oh, well, it's so much comfortable to just be at home, so I'm not going to go. And then they end up maybe like going two times in the entire month. Right. Yeah. And along with that, there's the constant, I hate the term pivot. I really don't like that term. <laughs> but having said that, there's a lot of pivoting that goes on, you know, a lot of experimentation. And if something's not working, then you change it. Right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that here. 
(laughs) (laughs) What's the most exciting thing that you've done where you quote unquote pivoted, where you were like, you know what, this isn't working. And I'm so excited that I'm going to implement this and it's going to be amazing. So I think the biggest, most exciting thing is actually coming up. (laughs) Okay. So I, I haven't actually said this outside of a few people. So this this is, I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're actually redoing our entire floor plan. Oh, I know. (laughs) So what inspired that? Okay. So for people who haven't been to the space, so what it looks like is there's like a photography studio area, right? And then there's the conference room and then there's a room with the private desks, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So one of, I mean, and going back to, well, I guess not going back, I didn't mention it, but with that pivoting, all of our, all of our redirects ha- are based in, you know, what our clients are wanting. So you kind of guess to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then 90% of the time you guess wrong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's true. Like what you think is going to be important yeah. is not important. So we are actually moving the co-working, the desk space out into the studio. Oh. Yeah. And we're taking, there is a space in our building next to us um, that we're taking over and we're, that will be the studio space. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, what is currently the private desk space will actually be like a common area, have a kitchenette in it, and there will be like some communal tables mm-hmm. in here. And then, yeah, all of the desks are getting moved out into our larger, what is now our studio space filled with this natural light and it's gorgeous. And we're just, we've been testing it out um, with small groups. It's just working really well. Everyone's super happy and enthusiastic um, about working in the space. And that was really the go ahead that we needed. Yeah. You know, getting that stamp of approval from people who, who work with us. That's awesome. Do you ever feel resistance to changing something up? Like maybe you should give it more time or do you just, like you said, you make the decisions based on your gut and you just go one way or the other? Sure. So we are, we're at that magical spot now where we can make quick changes mm-hmm. as this grows. That will probably not be the case as much. Right. Um, but right now, you know, we can try something for a few weeks and then say, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Like I said, though, I mean, we have, a, we've tested it mm-hmm. and it makes people happy. And so that's why we know that we can do this. If it weren't for the testing and it weren't for the approval of our clients and our members, we, it would not be happening. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's about their experience. Exactly. And I mean, it's not going to be easy, especially for anyone who uses the studio as a wide open space. Mm -hmm. It it will not be a super easy transition. There will be a couple months where we won't have a studio ready. Right. But, uh, but that's definitely, I mean, going into strictly business speak right here mm-hmm. right now yeah. um you you have to make decisions that not only appeal to the largest number of people that you work with but also make business sense right um, it's a delicate balance and you're always gonna there's always going to be some push and pull with that mm-hmm. you just kind of you have to get used to it yeah so as a creative person how do you bring in the business mindset, the business hat on and have that balance in your day to day? That's a really good. So that's a good question. I actually am one of those rare, maybe not rare. We just aren't super loud about it, but one of those creatives that I really like living in the business mindset, actually, Mm -hmm. that makes me super happy. (laughs) (laughs) Not really hard for me as a creative to switch into um, into that business, like put my business hat on, like my business hat is there. Even if my creative hat is on, like my business mm-hmm. has like hiding underneath it. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if you look close, you can see it. peeking out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
So, okay. So why do you think that co-working has taken off all of a sudden? Because I feel like in the last year, I'm just seeing this co-working thing everywhere. Whereas in the past, like I knew of WeWork, I knew of different places on the coast in LA, especially. So why do you think all of a sudden it's taking off no matter whether it's a major city or a mid-sized city? What's the appeal? Well, so as human beings, we are a very social species. And we're living through right now what they're terming the loneliness epidemic. Mm. You know, people more and more are starting to work either for themselves or like as freelancers or mm. even um, just working remotely. Right. You know, yeah. You have you know, a business that you're working for. Sometimes like my sister-in-law works like three and four days a week from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be super liberating, but it can also be very lonely. Yeah. Um, so I think that, I mean, well, I don't think we know that one of the benefits of co-working is that you're around people. And even if they're not people that you're working with, mm-hmm. there are people that, you know, you can go to this space every day and there's going to be other people there. And um, there's going to be some sort of social interaction, which is so important um, just for us as for our overall health as human beings, even if you're not an extrovert, mm-hmm. uh, we need social interaction of some sort. Yeah. To be healthy people. Um, so I think that really is where the success of co-working lies because you can do your own thing mm-hmm. and manage your own business and no one's telling you what to do or how to dress when you come in or when to come in and no one's going to be pissed if you leave at lunch to go take a nap. <laughs> But you can still go to this this building, this this space where there are people around you, right? And you have meaningful interactions on a daily basis. Yeah, one of the hardest things for me when I started working from home was making that adjustment of not seeing people every day. And at first, I'd say for the first year, it was fine because it was still kind of a novelty to work from home. And maybe sometimes I'd go to a coffee shop. But then year two and year three, yep. I felt like I was like losing social skills. It sounds yes. crazy, but. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> so one of my girlfriends and I talked about this. She had this job that she hated and she quit it. And like at first it was like, yes, this is amazing. And then like you're sitting there, you're like, oh my God, I haven't talked to an adult for like <laughs> three days straight. Yeah. Like I talk to my dog, like I'm talking <laughs> to my dog at this point. Yeah. And my dog cannot tell me if my biz- if this decision I'm making is good or not, you know? <laughs> it's so true. Sam always jokes that I become more and more like my parents' dog because I'll take her out <laughs> for my parents because they're in nine to five. So I'll take her out uh, in the middle of the day. And he's like, you and your, you spend so much time with her <laughs> that I don't know who's feeding off the other one. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. It's true though. And it's, it's one of those things that like, we don't, like, as entrepreneurs, we do not talk about it. Like, no. You know, especially not even just entrepreneurs, but like solopreneurs or, mm-hmm. um, like, it's one of those things. It's just, it's not discussed. Why do you think that is? I, you know, I'm not sure. I think it, it comes down to like, we tell ourselves stories, right? Mm-hmm. Every day we tell ourselves stories mm-hmm. and the stories that we tell ourselves are very important. And I think uh, the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell other people about ourselves are huge. And so if we're not talking about the serious side effects of working alone, you know, it's because we're telling ourselves and other people, this is glorious. This is amazing. I'm working from my favorite coffee shop three out of the five days of the week. And while that's amazing, when you're, I mean, you're working from your coffee shop, it's not like a conversation you have with your barista is not the same as a conversation you have with like someone who truly understands what you're doing. Right. That's and so true. And I just kind of had like a flashback to when I was first working from home and I felt like I couldn't say anything negative about it because I'd feel guilty saying anything yes. about working from home to someone who goes into the office every day. And I felt like I had to make it look like it was the most perfect ideal thing. And I couldn't even complain about the fact that 
I didn't have someone to go to lunch with today, for example. I know. It's so true. I actually, I um, ran into an acquaintance at the grocery store of all places. And of course, it's like eight o'clock at night. I had just come home and I, I was just like exhausted after a really long day of like meetings and whatever. And uh, I remember her looking at me and being like, oh my gosh, I wish I had your life. Mm. And it was definitely this moment of like, where I just looked at her and I just wanted to be like, no, you don't, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I felt like I put like, (laughs) I couldn't say it because she had this look of like starry eyed, right? just like she wanted it so much. I'm like, sis, you, no, you don't. Oh my gosh. You know, and so it's almost like a, there's a pride thing in there as well. Like I made this decision, I'm bucking the trend, I'm doing this my way. And so I want it to look fabulous. I want it to look like it's working and that I love every second of it. But at some point you have to cut the crap and be honest with yourself for your own sake. Yeah, because you'll just make yourself miserable if you just bottle everything up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. Um. And I think, too, when you bottle everything up like that, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, just the feeling is just magnified so much because there's no outlet for it. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> I'm, like, just yeah. having all these flashbacks to, like, two years ago when I just, you know, felt like, felt the pressure to just be the tough girl. And Yes. Yeah. Well, and then, like, there's, there's not very many people that you can talk to, I feel like about this, like mm-hmm. when you're working alone, yeah. um, you have like a handful of people who might understand. Um, and then the other person is usually your partner who may or may not understand, but they're just there. So they get dumped on anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you don't have a partner, it just goes, it goes back, it goes back to your poor dog. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so as an owner of a co-working space, what do you do to encourage your clients, your members to engage with each other and really have those conversations where they can come to each other as peers who get it? So I really, like my biggest thing is encouraging the sense of community by offering like social events and educational like workshops and opportunities, Mm -hmm. Um, getting people to come in when they're not working is huge. Yeah. You know, um, just because I feel like it's really, really important to um, network for personal reasons Mm -hmm. versus networking for business reasons alone. The most successful partnerships that you see, like cross partnerships, uh, business to business, partnerships, mm-hmm. at least that I've seen, are almost always, at least on our level, when you're not working with huge organizations, they're usually because people click, mm-hmm. right? And so when a business owner or an entrepreneur and another entrepreneur clicks, those opportunities for collaboration or for you know different types of partnerships, even like accountability partnerships, those yeah. come about organically. Right. You know, it's not this like forced thing. It's not this cold call or a cold email. You know, it's something that, you know, you're sitting at a table and you're learning something alongside someone else. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're talking about whatever's going on and there's this wonderful partnership that's blooming and it all came about fairly effortlessly. Yeah, it's so true. So um, one of my good friends, Jenna Stratman, or she could. Yes. I keep calling people by their maiden names. I know. It so doesn't matter funny. how long they're married for. Um, <laughs> Gina Marillo um, of Jalen Designery. And she and I met at a blogging conference four years ago. When I, It was still when I was living in LA. It was some time ago. And we both got lost. And so oh my our heart, like, <laughs> finally we pulled into the right place and we we're just like, are you going to this event? <laughs> oh, okay. We must be in the right place now. We're like, I don't know anyone here. Can I sit by you? That's and, hilarious. Yeah. And that's why I love this industry. I mean, 
I guess just entrepreneurship as a whole, like just the genuine connections that you gain from it by chance almost. I don't know. I can't explain it, but the people I've met are just so inspiring. I agree. Like, I don't know. I I don't know why that is. I guess we're just a special breed of people. (laughs) (laughs) But it it makes sense. So many of us do things that, I mean, we weren't trained to do. They require, I mean, working for yourself, like as an entrepreneur um, or a creative even, it requires a lot of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you're, when you get used to being vulnerable and you open yourself up to what the world has to offer and you just, the more used to that you become, the more used to that state of discomfort you become, you know, it just, um, amazing things happen. And so of course, like when you are in that state, you attract other people who are in that state. Totally. It's like magnets. (laughs) It's so true. And it's so amazing because for a while I had this mindset, like it's going to be so hard to meet people who are doing something similar to what I'm doing in Kansas city. And it's like now everyone I talk to has their own business is starting something creative, starting something that's their own. And it's true. Like once you open yourself up to that, like you just start to see it, which is really exciting and liberating because it's not like, oh, I have to move to New York in order right. to make it. Which, yes. when I worked in the fashion industry, that was a huge thing. It was, I, so I worked for Neiman Marcus in Dallas. So luckily, in oh, Dallas, nice. that's the one yes, <laughs> uh, yes. fashion, <laughs> place that, um, fashion retailer who's based out of there. But other than that, I always felt so limited because I felt like if I ever move on, my only option is New York City. And what if, I mean, New York City just wasn't a good fit for me. I'm, if I'm a coast girl, I'm a West Coast girl. So, right. you know, if well, I'm trapped. Like, coast-wise, New York City, like, it's its own thing. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I lived there for three years. I lived there for three years. Three months. Oh um, big did difference. Did it feel like three years? <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I said that. But I lived there with my roommate from college who was from Orange County. And oh my gosh. that, it was more of a culture shock for her than it was for me being from oh, <laughs> the I Midwest. It. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Wow. No, I've only ever been up there to visit. And so it's all like kicks and giggles and fun times. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Like There are a lot of places that I love to go that I don't want to live. Absolutely. I feel like where I'm at, it pretty well fits like my my particular brand of hustle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So well, speaking of hustle, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people because I feel like in the entrepreneurship world, there are two thoughts. It, well, Gen- generally speaking, there's like the Gary V way, which is hustle, 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 forget about your life. Like just put your head down for five years. Oh my God. And then there's the more balanced route, allowing for the feminine and the masculine and letting that balance to actually live your life. And when you live your life and do things that make you happy and light you up, you'll start to see the results in your business as well. Where do you fall under those two? Oh, I am squarely in that second camp. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love the idea of hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a, a fairly long line of entrepreneurs. My family is very entrepreneur heavy. And most of them are in the first camp. But where I, you know, maybe had I started earlier, I could see like the appeal of the first camp because I love what I do. My husband will attest, like there are times where I will like glaze over and I'm thinking about work because I want to, because I love it. (laughs) Yep. It's a lovely, it's a lovely problem to have. But yeah, personally, I'm in that second camp. You know, I have 
I have a life outside of work. I have a beautiful family. I have two dogs and a cat that I love. You know, so like that first camp, that hustle, hustle, hustle would make, I think, for a really miserable life holistically. Mm -hmm. What I do for a living has to fit into my broader picture. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that second camp, I like that second camp an awful lot. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, because I've been in the first one because I just have that like work till your burnout tendency that happened in corporate. It happened to me when I first started my blog and it was frustrating, especially when I finally realized what it was I loved to do and then started to get on the verge of burnout. And I was like, wait, I finally figured out what I love and I'm still getting so drained and not right. the results I want. And then I started making a conscious effort to step away from the computer, step away from my phone. And I yes. feel like my business just exploded. Well, I think, I mean, so much of it, I mean, if you think about, I'm going back to that old idea of a well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. If you are not a well-rounded person, if you're hustling, 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 and you never let up on the hustle, the other areas of your life wither mm-hmm. um, and become dried out. I mean, like you're, you know, like you were saying, kind of a, almost diseased. It's almost like a plant mm-hmm. or a garden. If you if you have this garden and you only tend to this one plant, your one plant might be the most beautiful of that one plant ever but the rest of your garden is dying. Right. And overall, it's it's not healthy. So I mean, you have to step away, remove yourself because then you can come back to that one area refreshed, filled up with inspiration and with new ideas. Mhm. It's so true and that's why I love the workshops that you do. You bring in workshops that aren't just directly tied to business like the breathwork workshop yes and that really helps ignite that other side of life so then you can excel come Monday come the next day in your business but you can't if you don't breathe (laughs) I know if you're breathing right telling you what it makes a world of difference (laughs) you should try it yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, and the other thing, the great thing about that too, is when you mix like business with this like holistic approach to life, you're opening up so many doors that aren't immediately apparent. Yeah. You know, even just in a business sense, making connections with people who don't do anything remotely like what you do mm-hmm. can just explode your world. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a big believer in it. (laughs) I agree. I love getting inspiration from other industries like that are completely unrelated to what I do. Like literally looking at the food industry and seeing what's going on there. It's just something so random and getting inspiration from what's working there. Because at the end of the day, everyone is speaking to other human beings and it's about making that connection. So yeah, you can find it in any place. And I think it's more exciting when you find it in places that have nothing to do with what you're doing, because then you have that ability to be creative and make it your own rather than having in the back of my mind, like, Oh my God, did I just copy off someone? <laughs> like, right. Well, and that's the thing, like if you're so focused on your industry and I mean, it's, it's good to be tuned in to what's going on in your industry. Don't ignore right. your industry. But when you're so focused on your industry and I think like as a photographer, I definitely fell into this almost accidentally. And it was horrible for, for what I, it was horrible for my business. You do, you, you stop being inspired by other things. And it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know why it's such a big deal, but once you really hone in on, and the only industry you're focusing on is yours, you lose some of that passion. Mm, I agree. I've seen it happen so many times. It's happened to me personally several times. Um, and it's, it's an easy trap to fall into. I think we all fall into it um, yeah. at some point or another. 
Definitely. So when you decided to incorporate these workshops and um, different education opportunities, was it a conscious effort to bring in experts who were not necessarily going to teach you business, teach you finance per se, kind of like when Josh came to do the breath work or was that just by chance? It was a conscious effort. The idea with our workshops and I mean, we will be presenting more like business 101. Right, which is so important too because... I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that side of things. Um, But ultimately, when you're in a co-working space, it's a communal space. It's a community that you're building, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I think, the most important thing about a co-working space. If you don't have a community built up around it, especially, I don't know, I mean, this is just the way I feel, but especially with women, I want a community around me, like a strong one that I love and that I believe in. So bringing in people who aren't just talking about business was super important for that. I want to, I want to meet our members needs. I want to meet our community's needs and foster like a sense of like, this is where I go. You know, if, you know, like we're meditating on this day or like, I know that there's a yoga session at lunch on Fridays, you know, just so that you can kind of plan your week around what you know your community is doing. Right. And the impact, the influence goes even beyond the community members. Because for example, I brought Sam to um, the breathwork meditation workshop and he was blown away and he (laughs) loved it. He loved it. And it's something that he wouldn't, I mean, he'll be the first to admit he would not have been exposed to that style of breath work otherwise, but it became something he just totally loved and wanted to research after and all that. So so cool. I love it. Yeah. I think it's really cool how the influence really goes beyond even the people that you see coming in through your door every day. Exactly. Um, and that, I mean, that was one, one of the biggest thoughts behind the workshops is that they're sort of like fingers reaching out into our community. I guess fingers is like a horribly creepy word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to use here, but you know, I'm a big, I, I'm a big believer in the analogy of throwing a pebble into a lake. You know, you throw a little pebble in and then those ripples just keep going and you never know where they're going to stop. Um, And beyond us being a member, uh, you know, a a member led space, we need to, we need to be aware of the fact that we exist in a larger community Mm -hmm. and we have an impact on our community. I think embracing that is going to be one of the most amazing things about Firebrand. Absolutely. What is the impact that you hope Firebrand makes on the Kansas City community in the next two years? So in the next two years, we're, I mean, obviously we're, we work with women. I want to see Firebrand um, empower female entrepreneurs who are in Kansas City right now to really stand strongly in their Um, position as a business owner. Mm -hmm. I want to hear um, less questioning of themselves, Mm. right? I want them to know their strengths. I love that. That's, that's our goal. I love Um, that. Yeah. When you, (laughs) well, it's when you can establish your strength, your expertise, it's, Things become so much easier just even when someone asks you what you do, being able to confidently be like, I'm Monica, I'm a success coach. Whereas two years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'm Monica, I have a website. (laughs) Right. And then blah, 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 blah. It's so (laughs) different when you know what your strength is and what you're good at and you can just be that. And exactly. to, I don't know, supplement that with 20 other things because you think the other person's not going to get it. Yep. 
yeah, I mean, just being able to calmly state what you do without trying to sell it to that person. Mm -hmm. They're not asking you to sell them what you do. They're just asking what you do. Yeah. You know, what we're doing when we try to sell our job or the thing that we've created for ourselves to someone else is we're actually seeking to fill our own um, space of insecurity. 1000%. Yeah. When you know a hundred percent the value of it, of what you do, then the other person is going to sense that and they're not going to ask questions. It's so funny how the second that you just own it, you stop getting these questions like, Oh, are you sure you'll be able to like make it (laughs) doing that? I know. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It took me. Oh my gosh. When I first started my photography business, there was definitely that like, but am I really a photographer? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a photographer. Dot, dot, dot. Right. The, you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I think women have a tendency to do that. We do. Yeah, we definitely do. And the beautiful thing about Firebrand um, being for females or for women only is that when you come here and someone asks you what you do, it's a safe space. Yeah. Right. Like, and not to diss on our guys, not (laughs) gentlemen in any way, but it can be really overwhelming when you're walking into a space that's mostly dudes. And they're like, what do you do? And they do like things that according to society are important, mm-hmm. you know, or they're like a software engineer. My husband's a software engineer. So I'll just pull that out of the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a software engineer and they're like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, you know, I photograph babies. <laughs> right. You know, it's I, like, wait, you know, like this is just as important. Like exactly. everyone, everyone needs their baby to ha- take pictures of their yes, newborn baby. They do. They really do. It's really important. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, and that's one of those things that's really great about my husband being in the space that he's in. I've had a lot of practice walking into a room that is filled with professionals who are highly educated mm-hmm. and very confident, you know, and walk like walking in there and going from I own a you know I I'm starting a co-working space and they just look at me like yeah okay or walking in and saying hi I'm John's wife I'm Megan I own Firebrand Collective right you know and it's usually they'll follow that yeah like, it is, it's a totally different tone and you are taking control of not like resting control but you're stating in that situation I'm an equal partner in this conversation at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm showing up and I've got a straight back and my shoulders are, you know, up and I'm confident. Yeah. yeah. So for the woman who's struggling with that right now, what advice do you have for her to really stand in that, stand in mm-hmm. her role? network in person? Mm, I like that. Yeah. I mean, you can practice saying, you know, I'm Megan and I'm a family and child photographer a hundred times in your mirror. But until you get out and you're having a conversation and you're stating what you're doing time again, you know, consistently, you're not going to, the practice of saying it to other people is completely different than the practice of stating it to yourself. Right. And I'm a believer also, like if you're like planning on quitting your job in the next month, to already be the person who is what your next business yes. is. To yeah. already practice, when you introduce yourself to someone, let's say you're, uh, you're wanting to quit your nine to five to be a photographer, to just start introducing yourself as the photographer yes. because that's who you've already decided you're going to be. And it'll, I believe that it happens faster when you just like start saying it out loud to people. I agree. I agree 100%. It's all a mindset thing. Um, and so when you prep yourself that way to move into the next stage, I mean, it's, it does so much, not only for you, but for the community that you're building around you, that, that network that you're building around you. Cause they're not thinking of you as, you know, um, I don't know, 
Lydia who works at such and such, but is planning on doing this. I mean, they're going to forget half of that as soon as you walk away. Exactly. They can think of you as Lydia, the graphic designer or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, whatever you happen to be. Yeah. It's so true. So (laughs) yes, a thousand percent for our listeners who aren't in Kansas city and they're like, I would love a co-working space, but what are even the chances that I can find one, especially one for just women where I live? What advice do you have for them? Where can they start? What's oh the my thing to Google <laughs> <laughs> So um, beyond, like if you're in a town that doesn't have, I think honestly, like co-working for women is amazing. If you don't have that available, search for just a co-working space in general. Search for networking groups that are specific to what you do, um, specific to your industry. Search, even if it's um, like here we have a local chapter of Tuesdays Together, which is attached to the Rising Tide Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually the first networking group I attended ever. Yeah. So, and that came down to doing like one of those desperate Google searches at like nine o'clock at night because I just have to get out and find someone to talk to who understands what I'm going through. Right. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like having a networking group that meets regularly Mm -hmm. is the start. I mean, that's, that's where you want to start because from there you make connections and you can say, okay, maybe I don't have a co-working space that only works with women. Maybe I don't have a co-working space. Right. But if I can find a networking group, or I'm better yet, start a networking group. Mm-hmm. That's at least half the battle. You meet other people, you make those connections, and maybe you don't want to meet every single one of them every week for coffee, but maybe you find three to five people that you resonate with. Right. Make that a regular thing. Yeah. And I also think the more you start to do that, I mean, maybe the first two people you meet, like they're cool, but they're not like going to be your BFFs, but you never know who you're going to meet through them, for example. Yes. Yeah. So it's just about starting it. And also like not deciding there's no way this doesn't exist in my city. I think that's such a city mindset that don't make the decision until you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Do the searching. Do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Um, When I was a photographer, I thought that there were no studios that rented by the hour. Oh, yes, there are. (laughs) I just hadn't sat down and done. Yeah, I hadn't looked for them. Right. I was just putting it on Kansas City that we were too small and yada, yada, yada. We're not too small. Those things are all over the place. Exactly. No matter where you go, there's, exactly. there's going to be something. <laughs> yep, there will be. And if there isn't, start it. Yes. I love that. Take the initiative <laughs> because if you want it, other people want it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, nine times out of 10, we are always, if we're talking to ourselves, there's a choir back there somewhere waiting for us to, to speak out. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. So what's next for Firebrand? Um, you have your membership yeah, um, coming up, right? Ooh, so, yeah, so we're, we're changing the floor plan. And <laughs> then we are actually, we are working on our membership offerings right now to reflect that change. Um, and we're also um, launching a social membership that is like, if you don't need a co-working space, Mm-hmm. Um, but you really like the idea of attending the workshops, you can become a social member. You get to go to the workshops for free. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> very so exciting. exciting. <laughs> I know. I love that. Um, yeah. So, okay. So if someone wants to sign up, what do they need to do? So signing up is really, really easy. We do it all online. You can go to www.firebrandcollective.com and um, under the, sorry, I don't have it up. I think it's membership tab. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I can add it to the show notes too. So okay, perfect. So yeah, so under the membership tab, there's a the membership details. You click on that and that will take you to where you need to go to sign up for whatever level of membership 
it works for you. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. I love when I it's know. easy. And you don't <laughs> have to like even get on the phone and like call you <laughs> and be like, uh. it just, it makes so much sense to do it that way. Um, so, I mean, you know, my email is on there. If you have questions, yes, contact me. But most of the time people know exactly what they want yeah. when they're on the website. So it just makes it easier for everybody. That's so true. Okay. Last question. What yes. is your favorite lifestyle hack? Okay. So my favorite lifestyle hack actually has to do with podcasts. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the right place, right? <laughs> so one of the things that I like to use my commute for, or I mean, I guess if you don't have a commute, if you're working out of like a home office, using like the last like 15, 20 minutes of your day or the first 15 or 20 minutes of your day to listen to a podcast that's going to get you in the mindset to either work like in the morning or mm -hmm. in the afternoon, like be present for your evening to relax. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's made such a huge difference. Like in the mornings, I'll listen to, you know, something like your podcast or like, I like being boss or there's a local Kansas city one that I like called a, is it, I think it's badass be in a pod. Mm. Yeah. Um, or like empire creative empire is mm -hmm. a really good one, but just to get me in that, like hustle kind of mindset, like I'm ready to go and I'm feeling inspired. And then on my way home, I listen to more heart forward podcasts. Um, I like the happiness project a lot. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Which she's uh, originally from Kansas city. What? You, yeah. She went to Pembroke. You're kidding me. No. Oh my God. I mean, she yeah, hasn't obviously it. hasn't lived in Kansas city <laughs> in a really long time, <laughs> but yeah, right. she graduated from Pembroke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ah, Casey girl. I love that. Yeah. Um, the good life project is another good one to mm -hmm. listen to. And I like the Amber Liliestrom show. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah. She's, I love her a lot. Um, she's kind of more like holistic, oh, um, cool. as far as like business, she works a lot like I do Yeah. as far as like approaching everything equally. Um, but yeah, just making that difference between like my work mindset and then my home mindset where I need to be really present for my family has solved a lot of like kind of personal issues for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think that makes so much sense because especially winding down at the end of the evening, if I listen to a podcast that's really business action oriented and oh it's six o'clock at night, all of a sudden I have like the wheels turning in my head of all the things I want to implement. <laughs> right. And it's, it's like, like having um, that like latte at eight that, you know, yes. like, why did you just drink that? It's yeah. So true. <laughs> I, I love it. It's such a good hack. I'm going to try it out today. For sure. <laughs> Yay. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I, will. I will. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for joining me today. It's been so much fun and I'm so excited to hear about the workshops that are to come. In oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> okay, I love it. Thank, thank you, you for having me. This was awesome. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Love this episode? head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.